Somebody say something controversial. Uh, I think pudding is bad. I don't. I, you're right. I, I like pudding. I had some today. Wow, you can't even stick by your fake. <laughs> not for a second, not for one volley. Not at all, dude. Not for pudding. What's your favorite kind of pudding? I, I mean, probably chocolate. F- it's got to be figgy. <laughs> <laughs> figgy or blood. All, all good Victorian boys love figgy pudding. <laughs> God, I got my figgy. That feels like a weird mnemonic device. Oh, good <laughs> Victorian boys love figgy pudding. It's my special music staff. Or a vocal <laughs> warm-up. Yeah. All <laughs> oh, good Victorian boys love figgy pudding. Good morning, every puppy, and welcome back to Saturday Morning Tuesdays, the adult podcast about children's cartoons. I'm Austin. I'm Rory. Yeah, I don't think I can do this one. Not if not if it's every puppy. <laughs> no, I can't buddy. be a part of this. Oh, bow wow, woof woof. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's also, that's Andy. And Saturday Morning Tuesdays is going to the dogs. Oh, Lord, it's it fan myself. It's the dog days of summer. Oh, it's so hot. I'm sipping on mint julep. <laughs> oh, it's just so hot and, and humid down here. And the Sultry. dogs, the dogs are here. How hot <laughs> is it, Austin? <laughs> it's so hot that it's the dog that days it brought of the summer. Dogs. What's it the giving dogs, you? It means the dogs show up. <laughs> it's at so this. hot. The dogs are here. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they call it that. Oh Lord! Oh, I was fishing for it's. It's giving me the vapors. <laughs> <laughs> No. Yeah, that's right, everybody. We are kicking off our summer arc. We we uh, a couple years ago we did the summer of cats, and now it's time to see how the other half lives. It's it's the dog days of summer, and we are fucking here with with dog shows. And did you know? So this is something I looked up right before we started recording because I was like, "Why do we call it the Dog Days of Summer?" I don't know what the fuck. We-. It's Apparently, it's the dogs are here because that's what makes the dogs get here. <laughs> well, that's also true, but right alongside that very true statement is that apparently it has to do with Sirius, the dog star, and astrology, and when the dog star was above, and <laughs> apparently, like. Ancient Greeks connected it with heat, drought, thunderstorms, lethargy, fever, bad luck, and mad dogs. My lord, the mad dogs giving me the horribles. (laughs) I gotta get a mint julep. (laughs) This joke's got, and it's got, this joke's got room to breathe. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm sure it, I'm sure it'll breathe regardless. Uh, Yeah, I, I have room to pant. I've never, I've never understood it, but now that the dogs are here, 
I get it. You know, I completely get it. And uh, I'm very, I'm very hot. And I don't think the dogs are helping with that. Are the dogs supposed to help? Um, yes, they are supposed to help because they pant out. They the scare hot away the air. sun. Well, they pant out the hot air and they take in the cold air. And they scare away the sun. <laughs> and then they scare away the sun. They bark at the sun real hard. And so it goes good night and makes the moon moon come out. Yeah. And the dog stars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, now. Mm-mm. Dogs. So we're doing dog shows. We're not gonna. Here's here's a funny fact. When we went looking for dog shows, uh, turns out a lot of them are dog shit. Uh, <laughs> and we we had real slim pickings in terms of ones that we actually wanted to spend time on. And uh, some of them, some of them in this arc are going to be here because we've hyped them up over the many years of this podcast and now we have to watch them by law uh and some of them are ones that we just like legit discovered while researching and so i think it's going to be a really fun mix of things we actually have no idea about yeah absolutely no I've, I've been looking forward to this all year actually <laughs> um uh but you know it's also like so many shows have dogs in them that it it's a weird slider between like, when is this a show with a prominent dog? And when does it become a dog show? Uh, the most prominent dog in town. Your, your dog is very prominent. prominent. Not much. What's up with you, dog? You ever gone to the doctor and he said that your dog was really prominent? <laughs> Ooh, I don't got a snort. I got a snort out of me. I don't know. I don't know what it meant, really, but he prescribed me special underwear. And prescribed socks. Prescribed a special ointment that can cure any disease. <laughs> <laughs> you can't steal jokes from the segment, Austin. <laughs> can and will, just like a dog would. <sighs> Notorious thieves, dogs. Um. So what are we? What are we watching today? What was? What was the first? What was the first pick? You guys, this is something we've had in the chamber for years. Uh, and that's Dog Tanyon and the Musket Hounds. Dog Tanyon and the Three Musket Hounds, I should say. And I, I'm hearing you say the T in there, <laughs> and I don't appreciate it. It's Dog Tanyon and the Three Muska Hounds. Is it really? I guess it is. Yeah, you've, you've hallucinated a T for years. I think. It's I guess Muska because I assumed Hounds. that musket is a word, and mm-hmm. Muska is not a word. <laughs> No, but that's not how all that's not how words work. You say the whole thing. Sure, sure, you're right. Yeah. So, mu- so muskahound, right? Is a, is a word. Is yeah, it? it's a word. I mean, Austin. musketeers sure is a word. Sure. And when you when you enlist dogs to be soldiers in the king's <laughs> army, they are muskahounds. Except in the show, they actually just call them musketeers. Yeah, God. Okay, well, that's one of the shows we're watching this week. How about the other one? <laughs> uh, we also watched Road Rovers, Austin's Austin's claim to fame, Austin's <laughs> deepest white whale. His... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how do you actually watch this show, Austin? I did. I, I okay, did because I it. did because I did too. I didn't. 
I wasn't sure what my well, memory had for You have for to it. remember, when we started this podcast, Austin said, and I quote, he only liked good shows like Road <laughs> Rovers. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is... that is, And uh, it wasn't slander? a joke. It wasn't a joke when you said it. You were diddly serious. I, I, don't, I don't remember that happening. It's why we watch. It's why your pick was dinosaurs because you had no you had no junk in the junk pile. You only had great shows like Road we, Rovers. We, we've debate. We we've fought this fight for five years, and I'm not ready to have it again. Not in front of Dog Canyon. Not in front of the kid. <laughs> he's growing up he's turning into a man austin he's got to learn about your shit taste sometime yeah look look i i don't think i ever and and look this is gonna sound revisionist given everything <laughs> but i don't think i ever actually really enjoyed road rovers mm. and uh but i do have a lot to say about it. why are you sweating so much austin <laughs> It's because it's the dull days of summer. Switch to camera two, get a zoom in. Sir, oh, why are Lord. you sweating so much? <laughs> all I got is these vapors and I spilled <laughs> mint julep all over my armpits. Sir, there are no dog vapors. <laughs> You're just a liar. <laughs> oh, Lord, I got to get out of here. Let's let's get out, but have that switched around and become in because we need to get in uh, to the show. Then- Let's let the dogs out. In here, young pups. This is this is Dog Tanning and the and the three musca hounds, not musketeers. And a gentleman must know the difference. Uh, we are listening to, uh, well, we watched. You're gonna listen to uh, episode one of this show, Dog Tanian's Journey. And if I had if I had the Constitution left to do. A fun, I have a another fun, julep. To do a fun, uh, yeah, to do a fun courtly southern lawyer, I would, uh, for, for the rest of this long, long synopsis. But unfortunately, you're stuck with just uh, just a cold read. I'm as uh, juicy as a Georgia peach. <laughs> Ladies and gentle dogs of the jury. <laughs> well, I dare say. Uh, Dog Tanian is fighting his rival, Francois Lavache, son of the mayor, with wooden swords and beats him easily. 
a musketeer from Paris, wink, wink, watches on his way to meet the noblest man in Bern, wink, 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 and congratulates Dogtanian on his victory. Francois rushes home, assuming he's there, the musketeer, uh, to meet his father. But Dogtanian sees the musketeer arrive at his own house. We find out that Dogtanian's father is friends with Monsieur de Treville, captain of the musketeers. Oh, shit. Well, that sounded a lot like just the plot of a 1800s uh, novel, a French novel. <laughs> Um, but with dogs in it. <laughs> and with, dare I say, an, a straight-to-VHS religious edutainment DVD sort of, well, not DVD, I said VHS, but the theme song sounds like it's from an oh, edutainment. Oh, the theme song is uh, horrendous. And it's it goes on so for good. a full minute and 45 seconds. <laughs> Did you catch, I'm going to play this line again, just in case you didn't catch it or I didn't play the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you catch when they went? <laughs> no, no. Did you catch when they said they drink their beer and swear they're faithful to their king? They drink a beer and swear they're faithful to their king. Yeah, because yeah. that might be the first beer reference in any cartoon, like children's cartoon that we've watched on this show. Yeah, but they're based on a French novel from the 17th <laughs> century, so uh, and it was produced in Japan. Or the paid for century. by Spain. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't have anything to do with this, so that's how the beer sneaked who, in. Paid for by who? Spain. The, the Spain? The country of Spain. You know, the Spain. Spain and Japan. And the Japan. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is like a kale salad kind of a show, so it's like, yeah, they can have a little bit of beer. Yeah, why not? Why not? They're as long getting... as they're faithful to their king. As long as they're faithful to their king, they can have a little beer. Yeah. Um, let's talk for a minute about why we've sort of our our I guess outside of the podcast, our discussion about this show for the last several years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we've been circling this for a while because we just were obsessed with the theme song and how <laughs> you know and how bad it was. And well, just and the idea that you have a show called Doctanian and the Three Musket Hounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is it is so so ludicrous that you have to love it no matter how how phoned in and terrible the theme song is. It it brings joy, it brings delight. It is it is uh sonic acid, but uh <laughs> sonic battery acid. <laughs> oh, that's my uh, favorite one of the games. But but it's it's <laughs> it's funny in its in its frankness as is the idea of Doing a children's show with dogs about, you know, Alexander Dumas, <laughs> classic <laughs> French literature. Yeah. Yeah. There's also, I don't know, there's something very charming. It's very pastoral. <clears throat> um, and every, you know, it's just like scenes of low consequence, basically. <laughs> right? It is like really not trying to get you hyped for the show because one, the theme song just goes on. <laughs> and on and like when you think it's done it's like all right now here's another verse chorus verse of it's really the long song. and yeah. you know what's funny about this that i was realizing as i watched is that being produced in japan this <laughs> this is what would happen if you had an english 80s cartoon theme song that had to get extended for japan's like they all intros have to be a minute and a half rules mm. oh sure 
You know what's <clears throat> funny about this too is how it is sort of both at the same time quite loyal to the text and yet when you run the whole novel the three musketeers through a cipher that it's translated dog machine. it should the dog machine that turns everybody <laughs> into and dogs dog and, and turns all the dialogue into baby dialogue you're <laughs> left with this this thing that is is nothing like the original and yet they did not do anything ludicrous that is, you know they, there are no wild swings or revisionist wackiness right yeah, I, it, yeah. I, I would, I would like to fight against Austin's assertion that all of the scenes are of low consequence and that the show is not out to get you hype. I think now, from I meant the, the intro, the, just the intro. Oh, oh, I know, but like I get that from the intro. But from moment one of this show, I was interested, involved, and hyped, and yeah. I, I can honestly say Austin was making a joke on uh on our thread like when you know when we were preparing for this week and he was like you never know like Doug Tanya might slap and we laughed like that was a net that was never gonna happen and I enjoyed the shit out of this. Well and I said that because I was getting the creeping suspicion because I was tabbing through the episode to kind of make sure it's it was something we could watch and I was getting little snippets of the episode and seeing like the animation quality realizing that like Oh, this kind of looks like early Ghibli, I think I commented. Mm-hmm. And finding out that this was done by Studio Nippon, where mm-hmm. Miyazaki and uh, Isao Takahata like went uh, or were at just before making Studio Ghibli. So like it was literally early Studio Ghibli. It's got um, it's got good it's it's an eighties anime. It's got this good is bones. an eighties yes. anime. It's got good bones. It's got good dog bones. And dogs love bones. <laughs> it's got good ones. Bow wow. Woof woof. And <laughs> oh, so, can we can we say what the Japanese title of the show is? Oh, you mean one 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 say Sanjushi? Is that right? One one yeah. Sanjushi. Yeah. <laughs> the woof woof three musketeers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. This aired so this aired in Japan first. Uh, I guess I had like a year of only being aired in Japan before they finally put it in Spain the next year. So it was 1981, then, I think. Mm-hmm. And then three years later, in 1985, they finally dubbed it in English and showed it here. I don't know where they showed it. I didn't look that far. I wonder like what fucking network this ran on. Right, because uh, it's the absolute antithesis to anything that would have done well in America at the time. Like, yeah, you're like Transformers it, or Dogtanian. Or, yeah, it's like this would be at the PBS kid's house, right? This is like, yeah. oh, we're not allowed to watch G.I. Joe, uh, but I've got <laughs> Dogtanian and the Three Muska Hounds. Mm. <laughs> Let's paint <Please>? rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Let's throw rocks at the PBS kid. <laughs> Oh, we unlocked a new form of bullying, a new a new target. <laughs> PBS Kids. <laughs> you mean the network? No, I mean PBS Kids. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about about the the I guess the the moment. The moment of the show is really good, and I really like this the structure of this episode and how early, like the first moments we see are of Dogtanian and Francois uh, dueling. As apparently they do every fucking day, these two kids with their wooden swords trying to beat the shit out of each other. Yes. And I love the the narrative. There's sort of a meta narrative we gain that 
the parents notice that Francois has come home again with a big lump on his head, and they believe that it is just D'Artagnan abuses this child every day because <laughs> he just comes home beaten up. Yeah, it's like a direct quote, but you realize that like Francois wants to duel D'Artagnan every day, and he just loses every time. And so to an outsider, it seems like he's just getting mercilessly bullied. It's like it's like if it's like if we had Kuabara's parents and they were just so upset at what Yusuke did to them every week. And sorry, can you tell everybody else what that's from? What the anime Numerates? that's from? Because yeah, uh, that's from uh, Caillou. Okay. The uh, the kids show Caillou Yu Hakusho. Caillou Yu Hakusho. <laughs> no, it's it's a very it's a very fun dynamic because I love you know. He's got shitty parents who are like, oh, our son's getting abused, but they don't realize how much of a shit Francois is. Yeah. But then by the end of the episode, we we learn that Francois is actually not that much of a shit. Like he's a little he's a little shit, but like Well, him and him and uh D'Artagnan are just are I guess Dogtanian. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just dirty barnyard rascals. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> yeah. Just... <laughs> yeah. Although with the animation, I can't tell if they're like six or sixteen. They seem twelve ish to me. They're, the they, they're doing that sort of thing, the sort of age fluid where they're presenting uh, a boy, uh, an Ash Ketchum boy of 12 as a as a as on the precipice of manhood. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. In the way that 1700s France is like, well, you're a man now. Yeah. Which oh, is why, what, which is, which is why, you know, a fancy man from Paris rides by and notices, you know, how, how hot young Dogtanian is. <laughs> Wow, you must be the best swordsman in this tiny shit town. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because, yeah, they're literally having this little fight with sticks and throwing mud at each other and, you know, calling calling victory. And just at that time, right, some sort of French aristocrat just <laughs> happens to be riding by and is like, Bravo, young man. I've traveled throughout France and I've seen a lot of young soldiers training. And I'm astonished to see someone as young as you are handling a sword so skillfully. Young man, I salute you. <laughs> Okay, good timing, bud. Yeah, this is probably my favorite bit of dialogue in the episode. Um, they, they they watch this musketeer that go by, and the kids are all like, holy shit, that's the coolest person who's ever been to our town. And shitty boy Francois is the son of the mayor, and he's like, yeah, he's definitely going to my dad's house. He said he was going to the noblest person He's going in to Bern. the fanciest man in Bern. <laughs> I have an appointment with the noblest man in the village of Bern. Yeah. Also, I'm almost positive it's not on IMDb because half of the stuff is isn't listed or credited. But I'm pretty sure the uh, the voice for Francois is uh, Spritel from Speed Racer. I'm almost positive of it. You would know that you're you're such a you watched a lot of Speed Racer when you were I a did. kid. I didn't as an adult. Even <laughs> an adult, even <laughs> as a today boy. Sorry, I can't make cat references during the dog days. Um, no. no, but I love this. Like as they, they're, he's like, I'm te- he's definitely going to my dad's house. My dad's the mayor, and they watch, and like the, the fucking musketeer <laughs> rides in front and past his house, and like he's so crestfallen. And one of his little henchman kids is like, "Oh, don't worry about it. He's never been here before, and he just rode past the house." Well, we better help him. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I cracked up. I was like, that's so funny. That no. being said, there's also, there's something about the 
I guess the lugubriousness of, of their conversation about just like talking about the amount of, I guess, uh, real estate on screen devoted to like a guy traveling around a town, figuring out which house to go to and the commentary on it. That feels very <laughs> French novel, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. There, there are these little moments. There's like the moment when the musketeer uh, who visited uh, Dogtanian's dad like just talks to Dogtanian outside and is like, Well, that Monsieur Dogtanian is quite a man. You're very lucky to have a master who teaches you to handle a sword so well. Uh, yeah. Very few servants are so fortunate. You should be grateful. I am, sir. And the sort of like comedy of errors, I guess, of like, wait, I'm not a servant. I'm his son is, again, also very like, Oh, you're his son? Come visit me in Paris then, little boy. I'm not a servant. I'm Monsieur D'Artagnan's son! Really? You must come to visit me in Paris sometime! Thank you very much, sir, I will! <laughs> it's just, that's the kind of plot contrivance that an 18, you know, uh, that a 19th century novel dealt with, right? It's it's that, like, Gilbert and Sullivan, like, oh, you, your stature is not what I thought it was. Oh. It's like their entire, it's like their entire gig. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but it turns out his uh, his dad is like a fucking war hero, and maybe he doesn't know. Does he? Uh, I got the vibe that he has no idea what his dad used to do. I don't think he knows the gravity of it. He he's yeah. not surprised that his dad is a, was a soldier. I think that he knew. Yeah, I mean his dad is teaching him how to use a sword, so yeah. it's like okay, dad knows how to use a sword. Dad fought Just, people. Dad has fucking chill, and it wasn't like bragging to his little boy like the like the dirtbag mayor. Yeah. Yeah, Fuck he's that a cool man. dad. He's a cool dad. He's a cool dog dad. <laughs> this is a cool dog dad. <laughs> the dog dads of summer. <laughs> the dog dads are done. <laughs> yeah, the... <laughs> this is when Francois's parents show up to complain about, about Dog Tanyan abusing Francois nearly every day. And I his it, this there's this weird bit of dialogue. It's got some, like like shades of baked in sexism happening here with the mom and the dad, like a little bit. It's not, it's not too bad, but like the mom is like, he wouldn't be getting in this kind of trouble if his father hadn't brought him up with a sword in his hand. We shouldn't train our children to kill one another. It's just not right. I'm not teaching him to kill. I'm teaching him to defend himself and his country. Yes, but he thinks of his sword as a plaything. I'm so worried about poor Francois's health. He'll be all right. A lump on the head might do him some good. And they don't need their dear old mothers fighting their battles for them. And maybe it's good that he's getting the shit kicked out of him. Maybe that kid needs to get the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> yes, yes. Perhaps the weakness will be beaten out of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At one point he's like, oh yeah, I heard the, the mayor's wife from all the way across the fucking yard. Maybe that's why the mayor spends all of his time at the city hall. Like, yeah. Jesus, Dad, you got to chill. Oof. Uh, yeah, we did just call him a cool dog dad, but then he did. <laughs> he does drop into a bunch of dumb shit like that. So, <laughs> yeah, he remain. He's he's a complicated dog dad. He's a he doggy dad in the doghouse. Yeah, he probably he is, is in the doghouse. Dog oh, oh. <laughs> if dog people live in normal houses, are those dog houses? Yes. No, they have a horse house, and they go. <laughs> Uh, um so i guess now, what if they kept little tiny naked people <laughs> <laughs> like really small people <laughs> like little small people that just sort of yapped and they stay in the house 
No, they have a little people house. <laughs> yeah, but it's they're just those are just called houses, Austin. Like you and I live in. <laughs> okay. Sure. Um <laughs> So Francois at this point after Doug Wanna Tanian's... come over to my people house later? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you keep calling it that? <laughs> <laughs> So Francois, at this point, uh, decides to chuck a a, a a letter tied around a rock into Dog Tanyon's second floor uh, it's bedroom. It's called email. Yeah, he, he, he sends an email, and he's like, come meet me at the usual place, you coward. No, he says, I want to sincerely, Francois. <laughs> <laughs> Love? Sincerely fucking slayed me, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's because it's cute. Because like, I th- I think it's neat the way the episode plays with this. This this whole, the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> the whole the whole time you think like they have a real rivalry, but by the end of the episode, you come to kind of realize that what they have is a kid romance, playful it's a rivalry, barnyard romance with a little bit of maybe possible romance. So I'll They're I'll grant just... you that. Hot young boys scamping around in the woods. Just some scamp, just just some wilderness scamps. <laughs> you can't say that. I, I somebody has somebody has to be here to be an be an ambassador for the book, and the book is gay as shit. Yeah, I feel you. I've never read the book, but I have heard some things like that about the book about I mean, the musketeers. I've I mean, seen one of the movies. Dumont was just this sort of, you know, this king's castle homie. So you got to figure castle homie, castle homie probably partied. Yeah. Um, or the they... Duke of Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could give, come up with a good pun for that. But I can't. I'm going to go check on my, my castle friend. <laughs> oh, my artsy castle friend. <laughs> So, okay, so they they fight. They go off to fight, and Francois is being a real piece of shit, and he's, like, essentially got all the neighbor boys that are going to beat the crap out of him, and he's set a bunch of, like, fucking booby traps, and Dogtane is too smart for them. And Yeah, he, uh, he sees them do it, which, yeah. you know, helps. He, you see him in the grass, like, oh, they're just digging traps for me. All right, well, <laughs> I can counter this. Yeah, mostly by using a suit of armor as a marionette. Yeah, that yeah, part's not in the book. His, his dad's suit of armor, although there's a there's a moment the, <laughs> Wait, the that's animation not in does. the book, Rory. <laughs> no, he doesn't use a suit of armor as a puppet <laughs> to, to trick to using, trick some guess... barnyard bullies. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a moment the animation does though, where Dad's walking down the hallway, and the sort of normal spot where his suit of armor usually sits on display isn't there and it, <laughs> it is funny. It sort of like flashes of like hey wait a minute <laughs> my entire suit of armor's gone yeah. it flashes with what i feel like is too upsetting and dramatic of a sound effect yes. it's like my armor has walked away it kind of had to be because i didn't even get it till the wife walks in and is like hey your armor's gone and i was like oh that was actually funny <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, he 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 scares the shit out of Francois and all the kids. All the kids start running away, and one of them one of them makes this fucking incredible excuse. He's like, "I got a clavichord lesson." 
<laughs> just... Yeah, you would, you fucking little nerd. <laughs> <laughs> and as the, all the kids run away and Francois gets another lump on his head from a severe direct blow from a wooden sword from D'Artagnan, D'Artagnan... The camera from underneath him, sort of staring up at his newfound ego, he screams out, Now they'll finally respect me! Now they'll finally respect me! (laughs) (laughs) And if Dad hadn't walked by at this moment, I feel like he was maybe on the road to some sort of awful (laughs) Darth Vader. (laughs) Well, and there's like, he's got a reputation in town, apparently, because earlier, Francois's tutor, I think, uh, oh is, yeah, he's like an adult who's just like, oh, that dirty boy, D'Artagnan, <laughs> who lives across town, who we don't like. <laughs> don't spend time with him. That he's a nasty ruffian. Boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Little so... Napoleon out there <laughs> fighting everybody. Dad shows up to drop a serious lesson, and you can tell he's really not happy because the weather responds to his mood, and a fucking lightning storm happens. It's so anime and very good, and he shows up, and he does a very anime move, which is like... Did did anime invent weather turning bad for for drama? Yeah, it did, Rory. Nice. Good job. Good job, anime. Good job, anime. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, it's just like the... The his dad appearing in shadow with a sword, just like you know, with the what? mist sort of swirling Dude, around him. The real him. sword fight slaps, especially, yeah. especially yeah. for a kids show. Yeah, yeah, it's good. He's like, you've been using your sword like a child. Now you're gonna learn it like a Doctanian. Yeah, the, and... the 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 dialogue is good too. He's like serious. He's got a serious face on. Yeah, uh, and it's it's a cool sword fight. It's very dramatic. It doesn't have a ton of constant clashing swords. You know, like it. It feels more like a, well, I mean, it's like a, it's more like a Japanese sword fight, right? Because like the the Western Western movies always have sword oh, fights that go. are constantly. No, you know, this isn't about <laughs> anime. This we're getting chumbada here. This is an anime. So Western sword fights are all like clang, 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 aha, vast, blah, 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 blah. You know, like constant hitting of each other's swords and gaining and losing ground and fucking, you know. Japanese sword fights in film, probably, in, you know, as we've talked about before, more influenced by, like, Western flicks, are very much more like, you know, like standoffs. And the person, they're just standing there, and then there's, like, one or two decisive blows, and the fight's over. Right, and that's a little like, bit sizing each other up and doing It's a bit how games. this one feels, and it's cool. And uh, that being said, apparently Dogtanian holds his own, because his dad is, like thinking to himself like wow it's the first time he's used a real sword and he almost beat me yeah it's and that that's done as kind of a reveal like because he beats mm-hmm. his son well wow that sounds bad <laughs> uh he defeats his son in a sword fight uh and like throws the sword and flings it and dog Tanyan's like oh my god i got my ass kicked and then as a like as an aside in thought his dad is like it's the first time he's handled a real sword and he almost beat me son you're someone special and it's it's a surprise like it's cool it's a cool reveal yeah yeah and it's a com- it's a complex moment too because i i think it's it's interesting i don't know they don't really explore it but i think it is a cool vibe of a you know like parent stories cool where the vibe. parent it's wants got cool to... dog dad energy yeah he's got cool <laughs> dog dad energy with doggy daddy uh but you know just like i want to discipline my kid for doing the wrong thing but also my kid's fucking badass and i love what he did like it's a cool like it's a cool sort of struggle to have i don't know it's him recognizing the talent in his son and also 
probably seeing something in himself and who he was and knowing that he needs to learn the value of like what a weapon can do and yeah. uh, how to keep yourself alive. And that's, you know, on him to teach. So the traveler from afar has arrived and done the, the, the call to adventure. And now the, you know, the mentor, the father and the mother have to give our, our, our character his, uh, his gifts to, to cross the threshold with. And, and they're very good gifts. And they send him to go be castle homies with the fanciest men in Paris. Yeah, yeah. You get to go to Paris <laughs> um, and you get to train and become cool. And yeah, so his dad gives him gives him a cool sword. He used in battles with King Henry the Fourth. Yes. And uh, a horse named Sandy. A, a sleepy a real horse. She's very yeah. funny. <laughs> and these dogs do ride horses. <laughs> And, that's, and an ointment that's all... from mom that cures all diseases. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So just dropped on us out of yeah. nowhere. Yeah. And also my mom's a witch. <laughs> Apparently his mom has invented the panacea, the <laughs> magic medicine that can cure any disease. Incredible. Absolutely yeah. amazing. Like, do we... I don't know if that's in the book. I mean, it's just like, it's such a weird jump to magic. Uh, it's specific that I don't, I, I can't tell you with, with too much uh, clarity because it has been years since I read it. I, she does say, technically she doesn't say cures all diseases. She says <laughs> it heals any wound. And so it's Which, some sort of, yes, it's, it's still, still magical and, magic. and, and it's still magic, but, uh, you know, you could just imagine it's medicine. It yeah, gives them a bag yeah. of medicine. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's funny because the rest of the show, well, yes, they are dogs. I understand that we are already <laughs> living in a magic world, but it's, the rest is so clinical and conceivable mm -hmm. in other ways that just to then have a magic potion. I know, is, but it isn't me medicine in the context of narrative is always magic, right? Sure. It's like, sure. you know, there was never any chance of failure. It either was always going to work or they were always going to die because it's a pre-written narrative. I shooting their shot of saying that this will cure any wound. I know. Is <laughs> this a, it's strange. an abbreviation. And I gave it, I gave it the, you know, it's like, whatever. What are you going to do? I liked Expl it, though. Ex explain yeah. that it's made with, you know, ginkgo root and, uh, and that the, you know, the, uh, I don't even have the scientific language to sort of give it a credible Clearly. joke. Clearly. The sap of a of a dogwood tree. Oh, <laughs> that's where dogs come from. <laughs> yeah, Dad calls it his dogwood tree. <laughs> <laughs> Go bark up somebody else's tree. Um, okay, let's talk about the final scene. The boys. I love this. I got. Yeah. I actually got a bit emotional. I don't know why. Yeah. I mean, I do know why, but I don't know why it hit me like that. It's it's because it's surprising. It's it's a it's a scene that usually you don't get in in its earnestness, I think, or in its sort of like uh, tastefulness or whatever. It's yeah. just like he's leaving, and the the bully boys all kind of show up and are like, you yeah, know, well, we just want to see a stinker like you leave, and they're like, it was uh, his idea, it was Francois's idea. Hey, shut the fuck up! <laughs> and then they're like, okay, but actually, like. Good luck, dude. We, it's really cool and and uh, good good luck. And they all kind of cry and wave at each other, and it's like, oh uh, man, that's yeah. Nice. Like I don't know. It, it felt it felt cool. Like it was a it was a nice way to give weight to Dogtanian leaving his hometown, right? Because like yeah, this is where we get to see like 
he actually had a really cool relationship with these kids. Like it was a it was a contentious and and hero slash villain kind of relationship, but like they all valued each other. And I it's I really sort of a rivals it. to lovers dynamic. Mm, yeah. yeah, all mm-hmm. the sexual tension had a moment of tenderness at the at the very end. <laughs> Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. as they stopped thumping each other, one as they stopped pranking each other in the face with their swords for a little while. Yeah, no, I just I really like the. Oh, yeah, I'll give that some space. Um, no, I, I I just like when you know so often you just see these pretty one dimensional relation character relationships of like I don't know like say Doug from the show Doug and his bully Roger and it's just like what's up stink face and and mm-hmm. that is kind of where it begins and ends and to to then ha- to see that kind of rivalry in this show and then to have it recontextualized as like yeah we were doing this like quote rivalry shit but like we did it because we are friends like we had a friendship and uh yeah it's just nice it's, it's well touching done. It's touching. touching. It's well done. It made me want to watch episode two. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit. Like we're not going to watch episode two on this, in this arc. Uh, but I, I find myself definitely one to watch more. Like it is, I, you know, and I don't know is, who to thank for that. Is it the creators <laughs> of this show or is it Dumas? <laughs> sure. Right. That's a great question though, because like, this is, a I, I honestly, would be my ideal way to consume the story. This you, is your I've read ideal three musketeers. <laughs> <laughs> At the moment, just explained like uh, explained to explain it to me like I'm a baby and they're dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love that. Why can't yes. they be dogs? <laughs> hey, can, actually, let's, can uh... you turn any any bit of like 19th century French literature into an anime? Because, I mean, yeah. the Count of Monte Cristo is—is is that French? Yeah, uh, that's Dumas. Yeah, that is that is same guy. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's also a, they made an anime of that. But All that right. one's well, fucking wild and not authentic. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Unlike the dog show. Unlike. <laughs> let's go to a let's, dog show. I'm sure. Let's be let fine. the dogs out. Let's let the dogs in, and then we'll let them out again. Yeah. Hey, Rory, sweet boy. Mm. Oh, mm, yeah. Mm. What's well, time for our advertisement? Mm, yeah. Mm. Uh, can <laughs> you, you, are you, you eating something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just sort of try to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to condense my, uh, you know, my, I used to save the vocal cords for the for some really sure. necessary good ads of that course. I'm about to read. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, we got a very interesting one today. Uh, I was hoping you could yeah. tell us about our newest sponsor, going to laser tag with a Mark Twain impersonator. Yeah, so I feel like this comes up a lot in conversation where, um, I mean, maybe it doesn't. We'll let the jury decide. Um, I feel like laser, laser tag is a game you, you rarely want to play alone. It's a little sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's <laughs> actually the saddest thing I can think of. You play it with a mirror. <laughs> oh, 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 got you got me! me. <laughs> oh, I win again. Um, and uh, recently, there have been all kinds of different ways uh, to sort of, you know, Groupon 
and uh, meetup.com. These different these different ventures where you could uh, supposedly get you know get your laser tag fix. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know they're fl- you, you they're flakes, right? People just yes. people say they're coming and they don't do it. Uh, they're worse than your friends because there's no accountability, right? Yeah, uh, they just don't show up, and there's and no and there's nothing you can do, and you're alone playing laser tag in the mirror again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got a group on for a, a book club session with the Heim sisters. <laughs> now, yeah. you? now, interestingly, um, you know, there's all there's all kinds of services for you know lonely solo laser tagists that tend to get a little expensive. Um, yeah, what I'm here to tell you is that. You can hire celebrity impersonators at a fraction of what an escort costs, and they will come and they will have to play laser tag with you. Uh, That's legitimately uh, good advice, I think. And and, And I've found that these sort of like dweebs who role play as historical guys are the cheapest or this is the cheapest rental on the you know in the sphere yeah they're a lot cheaper than the birthday party spider-man that's right sure. <laughs> that's right they're a lot cheaper than spider-man um <laughs> mark Twain. he's cheaper mark- than spider-man <laughs> <laughs> now now this is an ad for just not any i would not recommend that somebody in say st louis uh just hires a mark twain specific in person or specific, well, you can. I do suggest that, but I'm here to tell you that the Mark Twain in Seattle, Washington parties, and he's a great fucking man. <laughs> and you should hire him to play laser tag with because he's he's rad. He's just a cool, chill dude. Does he do the impression the whole time, or do you like let him sort of just hang? Well, I'm you know, sure he does it all the time, right? He's, I mean, he's, he's in character. I did pay. I'm a, I'm a paying customer. <laughs> Oh, these are uh, mechanical contractions. <laughs> <laughs> it's a blast. It's a fucking blast. And um, you don't have to cry alone at night. And you don't have to pay somebody uh, to, to you know, shoot you in the back with their laser gun. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you do, but you don't have to pay what they're charging. Yeah. You can, you can get somebody who comes to schools and talks about Mark Twain uh, for like 20 bucks. And he'll play laser tag with you. And he's, he's a cool. He's real nice. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> That's us! Change into the canines who drive souped up cars and jets. Coming through! Took a snip and tore the sip and soaring through the sky. I like it. They can drool and quit with you. And who says dogs can't fly? Not me. Speeding, crashing, fearless, ashing, vehicles explode. Chasing, racing down the road. Road Rollers! Hunter is a hero hound. Dog fur shining in the sun. Yeah, we're the boys of summer. It's the dogs of summer. We're the boys of summer. Don Henley's here. 
Welcome uh, and goodbye to our special guest, Don Henley. Thank you so much for singing that song about the dogs. Goodbye, Andy. <laughs> oh, God. You're gone? <laughs> You're here? He's gone. <laughs> oh, he's gone. Thank God. He was he was saying my name as he left. Bye, Andy. <laughs> um, it's, it's, uh, it's another dog. It's summer. It's still summer. We have another dog. He's one of the dogs this summer. We have a dog that is actually, what, five or six separate dogs? It's called Road Rovers. It's episode five of Road Rovers. We didn't want to watch the first one because we were too attracted to the summary of Let Sleeping Dogs Lie. And here we go. Uh, would, do we want to, can we, can we maybe uh, preface the the summary with the, the just the premise of this show? I think it may give yes. a little context. So yes. Road Rovers is about elevated dogs uh, who are all specifically, they're elevated from the presidents of all the white countries. Yes. Yep. Uh, yep. Yes. Yep. Yep. World leaders, you could say, of the and white ones. Of the white ones. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all the personal dogs of those leaders. So, like, which, the- I, which I, which I always, I always have to give this tiny caveat: if you're gonna be doing accents, you made the right choice picking the silly white ones. I suppose you're right. You are right. <laughs> yes. 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 Although. Yes. Yeah, given some of the cultural <laughs> the cultural dips this episode goes into, it you know it's a little more frustrating to not. So nail... as as the intro says, uh, seven dog years ago, the the lab of some g- geneticist was destroyed by terrorists, Doctor Shepard, and Doctor Shepard was so upset about his lab getting destroyed by terrorists. But that doesn't seem to be related to the fact that comes after it, which is that he made super dogs and he took a bunch of dogs and he made them super dogs. And yes. they're, yep, that's that's the premise. And well, they're all super okay. dogs and they fight crime from the kind of, yes. satellite for spaceship. Yes, they're, <laughs> this show is all over the place. <laughs> the show is a thousand different things and succeeds at none of them. Uh, but yes, it is like they are. They're regular dogs that turn into super dogs. They're the dogs of presidents. They're a crime fighting <laughs> team who are also in space and also underground. And they're road rovers. So you'd think they'd drive cars, but I don't, I mean, there is a car, but there's also like a jet plane and there's also no, the, like. The road is not, is not featured very heavily no, in the show. No. no, it's especially jarring when in the intro when, yeah, it's like. Seven dog years ago, the laboratory of geneticist William Shepard was destroyed. And his research stolen by terrorists. Shepard survived the attack and went underground to create a new breed of super canines who fight for justice. These dogs are the pets of world leaders, but when called to action, they become a team of awesome crime fighters. They're known as the Road Rovers. Why? They wander the wasteland. Well, no, not really. It's a normal society and they live in a spaceship. <laughs> and they live with presidents. Yeah. So, okay, so with that teeny bit of context, here's the premise, here's the summary, it's a short one, of Let Sleeping Dogs Lie. The rovers trail an evil gang of ninjas in Japan and discover both General Parvo and a plot to resurrect an ancient Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah, and how could you say no to that? How could? How can you say no to that? It's got ninjas, it's got a T-Rex. <laughs> um, we're going to say no to the show a lot today, though, I think. <laughs> yeah, but I still uh, say yes to that summary. Yes, I do. I do. Yeah, this show is a mess. Um, it's a and... WB show. It's made by the same guy who did Animaniacs and Hysteria. Yeah, it's, got, it's got the Spielberg energy. Mm-hmm. Yes, except it was not part of the Spielberg I believe it. I believe lineup. it. it yeah, was, this it's was... sort of, mm-hmm. the Spielberg stuff, I think, ended, either ended just before this, like the partnership ended, or it just w- did not include this show. 
for some suspicious reason. <laughs> but it was it was showrun by Tom Ruger and like created yeah. by Tom Ruger, who did the Animaniacs. Your Animaniacs, your Pinky and the Brains, your Hysteria, Freakazoid. Mm-hmm. Yep. All the all that stuff. This was you had that whole stable on, on Kids WB and then Road Rovers as like a twelve episode wet fart sort of wedged right in in the middle the, of all of it the thing is i remember so i'll i'll put my balls out on the chopping block i remember being a kid and liking this show so here's I what I, here's what i will say about what about this episode and maybe this will give some insight into how other episodes are this straddles almost good for what it is for the first is eight minutes nine minutes yeah that's um, no, not even nine minutes it's it's seven no. eight minutes let's say um no. and then it just goes ludicrous speed into the nonsense and yeah. stays there for you know it almost the whole episode and it falls apart and they're just trying to they're trying to sneak quips into a plot that's moving a mile a minute it, it can't hold it just can't it, it can't keep it can't keep the ship you know together moving that fast yeah i've got a lot to say about the quips but first the the uh, theme itself was written by uh richard stone who also wrote the freakzoid theme you can tell uh, and it's basically you can the same. tell it's it's a very similar theme, including He's got one song. The, yeah. He, I guess he has one song apparently, but including a fourth wall break. Yeah, I like uh, like the Freakazoid theme. That is, you know, Freakazoid has that stuff about like it's all fourth wall breaky, but yeah, uh, that talks about like the censors and the writers of the show, Animaniacs that had that too about like. Um, mm-hmm. But this show mentions that they do stuff in every episode. You know, it was yeah. like they, they, yeah. here they do in every episode, and it sets up a more meta show than we actually get. Um, Yeah. The show we actually get is like, what if GI Joe were dogs and we still tried to make it as merchandisable as GI Joe was, but it's made now with the Animaniacs team and it really doesn't fly. Yeah. You have, you have the show is being torn in two different directions. This like legitimate, either more like a TMNT or G.A. Joe kind of show. And the the this is zany, goofy anime. Yeah, the, 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 yeah, the one-liners. A, a joke, a, yeah, packed full of one-liners. Um, and it's too bad, too, because there there is humor in it that is drowned out by all of the, you know, bad humor. The writing, yeah. the writing across the board is a complete failure. Uh, so there's a joke early on I liked, and I sort of set my expectations high to be dashed later, uh, quite soon, <laughs> uh, quite shortly. Is the it the go dot go? Kind of, yeah. The the, okay. j- the the joke that was funny was uh, the the Russian dog is reading this not this novel called Go dot Go, and he's like, I do not understand this book called Go dot Go. Why does the boy dog not like the hat of the girl dog? It seems like perfectly fine hat. And I liked it, uh, whichever one of the other fucking dogs was like, you have to read to the end. Well, you've got to read the whole thing, Exile. Oh, that is payoff. Ah, I will read that. <laughs> yes, <That's funny. laughs> I like yeah. that he was so immediately on board. Like, oh. Yeah. No, I, I would say probably my favorite two dogs of the whole cast are Blitz and Exile. Yeah, the butt dog um, is funny, too, surprisingly. Yeah. It's, oh yeah, uh, the German dog who who's, a, who's into butt stuff. Yes, <laughs> yeah, the German dog who's a nasty bitch, and the Russian dog who's like surprisingly sort of earnest and charming. Yeah, yes, I and I love because like I don't know 
It's not particularly. And he shoots ice out of his eyes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> for some reason. He yeah. has ice beam eyes. The only yeah, actual power. I was laughing because that joke about Go Dog Go, where he's like, it's like, he's essentially like, why can't a boy like a girl's hat? Like, what's with this? What's with the gender and shit? It's, and it's, I'm like, it's yeah, go tell kind Putin. Of, it's, it's, it's even got kind of this sort of like ex-Soviet sort of dourness. Like, oh, the, the hat is not good. <laughs> In America, too many hats. <laughs> Fuck. I, uh, so here, we're already in it. Let's talk about all the dogs. So, okay. Yeah. We've got an extremely bland white dog for Golden lack of a retriever, better. but yes, he's, yeah, his name is Hunter and he's the <laughs> American the president. fucking white, yeah. the fucking Literally toe-headed dog named, yeah. <laughs> Hunter, yeah. Yeah, the wiki says he's literally the dog for Bill Clinton. Like, they use all of the actual leader's proper names. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's, you know, whatever. And he's, of course, the leader, because go America. Uh, then we've got the two we mentioned. So we've got the German dog, Blitz, uh, who's, Blitz who talks like Schwarzenegger, a constant Schwarzenegger impression, who I, I guess believe he's is a Austrian. Swiss, I, Swiss, he's Swiss? Maybe? They say Swiss in the wiki... Okay, well, and whatever. Swiss, oh, the chan- Oh, wait, no. Yeah, the president of the United States, British Prime Minister, Chancellor of Germany, and the Swiss president. Yeah, the Swiss one is the is the the is the overgrown dog who doesn't speak. Oh, okay. Right? Even uh, though he's an English shepherd. <laughs> yeah, an English sheepdog from Switzerland. Sheepdog, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What's his name? What are the, what's the fucking Shag. dog's name? Shag. Yes, of course. So he he sort of mumbles all the time. And then we had the, they can obviously understand what he says. Um, then there's the the German one who's into butt stuff. There's the Russian one named Exile, uh, Exile. and then we have the British one named Colleen, who is Tress McNeil not doing a good job. No, her English accent is all over the place. Also, <laughs> don't worry, love. You and all the Shiba Inus will be returned to your masters. Yeah, it's upsetting. And and both of the other silly accented dogs want to wanna bone down with her. And it seems like she's only even slightly interested in exile and not at all in, in whatever the butt dog has got going on. Let's also not forget the, the dog that we don't see in this episode, Muzzle. Because oh, yes. you, you see him in the intro. Muzzle is a... He's... He's essentially the rescue of the team because he, I guess, used to be with uh, with Parvo. Like Parvo, the bad guy, did like bad oh, experiments on yeah, him. Yeah, and he's basically Brad Pitt from uh, from Twelve Monkeys, or, or he's <laughs> Hannibal Lecter in the. Uh... He's in, he's in the Hannibal Lecter muzzle. It's true, but they yeah. they did not depict him as like smart and no, with it like Hannibal Lecter, right? Because he's not he's not been he's not been given. The the the, the human juice, dog the good form. Juice. He's not been given the juice. He's just a rabbit. He's dog. just a rabbit dog, and they're all <laughs> like, they all love him. They're like, oh yeah, it's Muzzle. He's a great guy. He's part of the team. But he is in a straitjacket the whole time, and I, we don't see it in this episode. But my memory of most episodes is that at a certain point, they either let him out or he gets out, and is usually pretty pivotal to winning the fight because he's. Uh-huh. Real a, nuts. A real chaos factor. He's a he's a Tasmanian devil chaos factor. Yeah. Um well, and then and and then there's Professor Shepard, the master, uh, who's kind of the Charlie to the angels here, uh, who just lives on a space station and sends them on the missions. Z- Zip Ziggler, the, the bot's master. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Zip Zoolander. ZZ Zip for short. Zoolander. I got none of the word names right. And it was ZZ. Because it's ZZ for short. <laughs> it is I don't hate Zip Ziggler. No. <laughs> yes, this is the cast, and it's really, you know, they get to lean into shitty, you know, cultural stereotypes, uh, which is always a just an endless well for child child focused comedy, right? Uh, it's really easy and bad, and and they make a bunch of one liners and they fight crime. They've got an evil nemesis voiced by uh, John, De- not John DiMaggio. What am I saying? By Jim uh, Cummings. By Jim Cummings. Uh, this Boy, Parvo. He's a real low effort villain. <laughs> yeah. This guy named Parvo who kind of, I don't know, he, he calls to mind like a, like a Hulk cyborg? Hogan type. He is a bit of a cyborg. He's like a bit of a cyborg. He's got some <laughs> sort of like metal skull cap. And then he kind of looks like Hulk Hogan with a metal arm and a metal leg. But he, he doesn't seem to have like a thing. No, uh, he does have a thing. His oh, thing is that he coughs a lot. And this is the best line of the fucking episode. He's got this like Scottish lady henchman. And the he groomer, coughs a played lot. by Sheena Easton. The groomer? Yeah. Nice. The Scottish Scottish lady singer Sheena Easton. And and he's he coughs a lot and is like, This is going to be your last mission. <laughs> Lozenge! So like okay a weird villain thing and then like there's a second goes by and then he says another line that he's clearly sucking on something and then he stops in the middle of whatever the fuck he's saying and he's like activate the suction pumps yes general excellent lozenge by the way <laughs> i fucking i don't know why that got me so hard like it's the same. I like, got she just me got it out of a I've bag. Never seen the show before? I feel like if this is a constantly recurring gag that he needs cough drops, I wouldn't be entertained at this point. No, no, but it is funny. Like, have it got me once. Give me once. Like, shame on me. Like if he was at least I don't know, like uh, I don't know, like an army guy or something, and then he's got like army stuff to talk about, or if he's like an old sea captain. Then he's got like sea captain See, stuff, I got, but he's just I got kind he's of just a guy. pirate vibes. He's just his coughing guy. Leg is kind of a peg leg, but he didn't really play it. In but any his other design way. is kind. Of, he's he's got the he's got the extremely thick veins I on know. his neck, like a Hulk Hogan, and it's weird. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand his concept. He's, just, he's a bad design, and there's not much happening with him. And uh, he's like their main villain. Yeah, he's not like a dog catcher. Yeah, and she's the groomer. Like, that's got something, but what's Parvo? Yeah, it's nothing. Was this, is it possible this show was toys first? It kind of has that vibe of maybe like we had to work work with what we were given. Sure, they had the molds for for some guy who kind of looked like Parvo, who was like a G.I. Joe reject, and like, yeah, let's make this guy our, this guy's our Yeah, the CEO's son made this mold. Ugh, fuck, all right. You know, I I feel like the 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 toy aspect is is especially baffling to me because I I don't know if this was just a flex that they tried but it's not like the other WB properties were particularly merchandisable like I doubt they no, sold a Batman shit ton of Yakko, Wacko and Dot action figures Batman Batman you know made bank on that but yeah but that that's 
that's like that's I'm talking about the Tom Ruger shit, right? Yeah, like totally. his other brand. Like nobody's uh, like uh, Hysteria isn't pushing toys. And Batman traded on the Batman franchise, like as a as a show. I don't think you could call TAS particularly toyetic, right? Like, well, not, it was. Oh, it was because I. Had I mean, they made a fuck ton of toys. I know, about I know, and I'm not saying. Yeah, but like they just uh, weren't. The, they weren't hawking new vehicles no. and, and and a villain of the week. This is like a lot of recurring villains. No, it the wasn't. Show, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't like an get Batman get into the action figure storage view. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like, exactly. So get to the bat blimp. The and I wonder that, if that's a if that's a reaction though. If it's like, look, Animaniacs isn't making us any toy money. Like uh-huh. need, it feels that we way. Need we need a toy. We need Freakazoid toys. was supposed to be our cool superhero, but the people we put in charge of it made him a they fucking weird. They fucked us. <laughs> <laughs> they put. They made Ed Asner a main character. So I don't. <laughs> the Cosgrove figures Freakazoid. are not selling. <laughs> Pivot. Man, I would. Pivot. I would buy a Cosgrove figure in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you, you like pull a string and he goes, cut it out. Hey, Frigazard, you want to go to Spamoni Land? Okay, what if the show has 10 main characters? They're all dogs. They look different, like a lot different, and they all have different cars. Um, mm. What if there's mm, ninjas who have flying cars? Um, <laughs> there what? are ninjas in this episode. What if, With- what if we see the Road Rovers at the beginning of this episode? What if we see the Road Rovers clearly in a space station, and then the second later they're coming out of a jet in the middle of the desert? Yeah, why not? Like, fucking why not? <laughs> why not? Fuck it. Nobody cares about the continuity of this show. It's about the, the visual jet. continuity is all over the place. I mean, look, we're not going to talk about the plot of this show, but we are going to say there are ninjas. They work for Parvo and they're trying to steal a bunch of Japanese artifacts because together the artifacts make a map to where a dinosaur lives. Yes. The, Which oh, should one be them, great. That should, yes. be a, that should be an invincible setup. It's a slam yes. dunk. Because Although one of those one of those Japanese artifacts is a China vase, very specifically. It's that, very specific of a China vase. And also the only artifact they haven't been able to steal yet is the artifact in Japan. And it's like, bro, start there. Then you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I I hate the um there's a lot of stupid mild racism in this episode that yes, is that's I true. think largely out of laziness, but also there there's a line about like the, you see, they they see these this like spy camera footage from space of these ninjas breaking in somewhere, and there's a line about like oh you know what those these are those guys are uh, uh, people in pajamas, and I'm so tired of the like paj- Asian clothes equals pajamas thing. Yeah, yeah. It's there's there's a lot of extreme like shorthand that everyone uses in here, and it doesn't really it didn't do anything. It, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is closer to actual ninjas than what's going on in this show. Yeah. Um, they go and... to a temple in Nara, Japan. This like temp, this large temple. And on the inside of the temple, <laughs> there temple is a, yeah, yeah. There, there is a, <laughs> also there is a sign that just says exit in English, but it's in that like <laughs> chopsticks, chop suey yeah. font. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> Which is weird because the the temple hour sign did have one Japanese Jap- character. I don't it know had if Japanese it, on it. Yeah, I don't know. It if was it like hours or whatever. But no, the the sign said like closed, like we're closed or something, and then the Japanese text said like you know we're off for the day or whatever the hell it was. I don't remember exactly what it said, but it it you know it was a thing. But then they had the exit sign, <laughs> and I got that fucking like. Takeout font that that is. I know 
Oh. Man, God, this that's so premise insane. was supposed to be a slam dunk. At the <laughs> beginning, the scientist guy that gives them their missions says, go to Japan, Rovers, and stop those ninjas. And that's <laughs> so good. <laughs> you know where they, they kind of, uh, they sort of jumped the shark with this, you know, racial schlock was what you could tell it, it, it they were trying to preserve a joke while putting it through the sort of code of this show and it failed. Mm-hmm. Um there's a line where the somebody asks the ninjas some jokey question and they draw their swords and, and then Exile says, Comrade, I am believing that he's Japanese for big fat yet. Which we know is no. I don't know that a kid would obviously get. Yeah. You know, it's like you didn't speak English when you just spoke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the one-liners in this show are... Feel like they're Repugnant. half of an idea. They feel yeah. like placeholder jokes. It they all feel like we'll put something here and then we'll we'll punch it up later. Well, it speaks to the same thing, the same complaint I often have about you know otherwise good Disney shows. And I, I hesitate to say otherwise good only because that implies this show is otherwise good and it's got other shortcomings for sure. Yeah. Uh, the absolute distrust to have a moment of quiet or non non fart jokes, yeah, uh, just is tiresome. It's just yeah. it just drags you down, man. It's like yeah. just let the joke, let the show not be funny for thirty seconds. It's okay. It's, yeah, okay. it's okay. Yeah, shh, shh, shh. it's okay, <laughs> shh, baby. So okay, there's there's a there's a line. It's just fireworks. There's a line <laughs> when they're driving somewhere. In the, I guess the the jet plane or something that Rover is driving. No, not Rover. Hunter. Hunter. Uh, Hunter, and has a has this sort of like playful bickering with Colleen, and there's a line about like. How come you get to fly? <laughs> I have a license. A pilot license? No, a dog license. <laughs> is that anything? <laughs> no. Is that? that anything it just and it just ends there it ends on that beat and you know what's funny is there's like there's jokes there's jokes there that are easy like uh you know uh, are you a pilot i got dog tags like a pilot i don't know yeah there's something yeah i got my dog tags yeah (laughs) yeah Uh like that's a joke Mm mm-hmm I you do have a driver's license no i have a dog license what what So, double dog other, seven. The, yeah, license to dog. <laughs> license to dog. <laughs> license to bark. <laughs> mm. I, there's a, another extreme non-joke with Colleen. So Colleen, I guess she's the British one, but she's the one who does all of the like martial arts. And yes. she, and rather than yelling out "hiya" or anything else like that, she yells out seemingly random phrases. Sharon! What? Yeah, at one point she goes on a riff just naming dances. Kitty dance, macarena, watu, sweep, bukalo, the butter, the jerk, the fruit, the mashed potato, funky chicken. And like, this is nothing. It's absolutely nothing. At least when Blitz says a one liner, I actually laugh because he's a nasty boy who loves butts. <laughs> Uh, or or just weird. Okay, this is this one. I loved this one, like completely unironically. She, uh, Colleen, is like driving their truck and they're running away from some other horribly merchandisable vehicle. And the T Rex. 
It's either the T-Rex or it's the drill car, and I don't remember. And she says something. I think it's the drill car. She's like, Blimey! I've seen some rude drivers in my time, but this one takes a cake. He's also licking our frosty. You are disgusting me. Stupid, They're like, what? you are disgusting. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> is that like, is that like cum? Is that like... <laughs> so many of these lines just leave more questions than answers. He's licking our frosting. <laughs> and then, and to be like, fair, we're not being sort of like dirty grownups and in interpreting a, a childish butt joke. There's, there's, ex- it's explicitly dirty. And at some point, somebody even calls him out and is like, Bro, you need to see Dr. Sigmund Freud. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he says, Excellent. I bite anything that comes out of the rear. Sigmund Freud would have field day with nut boy like you. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then Exile was like, my dude, you gotta, yeah. yeah. You gotta Freud would... <laughs> Um, I don't know. They reunite a dinosaur mom with her eggs and they get, they put the green mist back that puts them in time stasis and they well yes they, okay no 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 but we need to no just need really? to <laughs> let me really? just try to encapsulate the chaos of what led up to that moment oh god All because right. we have again yeah we have some sort of underground thing that's happening with like cars chasing other cars and uh the action is so frenetic and we're, we're just the party now understanding too, so it's like half the cast is in a car and the other half has gotten captured by the main bad guy and they're in his fancy car. Also, we see Colleen drive off by herself in a car and then the next scene, she's got the other two guys in there. Completely unexplained. Uh, but yeah, like we find out this mission that apparently Parvo is has has used the relics to to make a map and then all the ninja stuff all the map stuff is gone and we don't care about it anymore and then suddenly it's just there's a cave that has a t-rex in it and eggs and gas and some sort of sleeping gas yeah yeah man look the ancient kurokawa ninjas made a map to where the they hid their dinosaur. He says, he says samurais. All of the missing artifacts once belonged to the most powerful samurais of ancient Japan, the Kurikawa. Okay, great. The samurais, the Kurikawa samurais made a map to where they hid their dinosaur and with their with their spooky sleep gas and then they split the map up into a bunch of artifacts. And now they're across the globe. And it's like, this could be a whole arc on, on on fucking Jackie Chan Adventures, but it's done in about a minute. They find all the artifacts and then they're just like, it's about the dinosaur now. Keep up, kid. It's about the dinosaur now. We need yeah. to get to the dinosaur chase. It's about a dinosaur and also not about the dinosaur because the dinosaur is completely incidental to the plan. It has no bearing on the rest of the episode other than it nope. chases them a little bit, but they're constantly being chased anyway by the drill car. Um, right, and then and the baby dinosaur doesn't do anything and is and is runs off screen almost immediately uh, for the rest of the episode. And it's unclear why Parvo even wants the eggs. He's like, it seems like maybe he just wants a dinosaur family. Yeah, he wants to raise <laughs> them as his children and then become an unstoppable dinosaur dad. <laughs> Quahoon. Quahoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so the current T Rex that's rampaging, he just tells the groomer, like, I don't know, just blow it up or whatever with your <laughs> with your animation missiles that don't do anything. Uh, and unsurprisingly, it doesn't do anything. And now the T Rex is rampaging, like, oh no, our whole plan is is foiled because, you know, uh, I didn't foresee that to be an issue for some reason. And 
that's yeah. And then I guess they leave. They just mm-hmm. leave. They just abandon the eggs and they they're gone. They put the eggs back. The, yes. Uh, do you mean the villains? The villains leave. Yeah. Yeah. The villains leave because they're pissed because they lost. And it's a, they're, 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 they lost. So they leave. And I, I love this sort of, you know, we have to reset to zero no matter how we've built up our episode. So the, the villain loses the sort of skirmish. And in accordance with the cartoon laws of battle, he storms off forever. <laughs> he just leaves. He's just, oh, <laughs> darn. In a week, in a week's time, I'll do something else. (laughs) Yeah, in a week's time, why don't you go back and get those eggs? They won't expect it. They'll be expecting a new episode. (laughs) Dude, seriously, they just, yeah, yeah. They, these eggs are hatching. These, these dinosaurs are hatching. And then they're like, no, 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 back to sleep with you for a thousand years. (laughs) And, And pump gas into the cave and then explode the cave and seal it up. And like, see you later. As the samurais intended. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Japan. My samurai dad didn't die just so you could let all the dinosaurs out. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, there's not a single bit of like fourth wall breaky commenty kind of stuff about about it. No. You might expect from... You know, it's it's kin on the WB. Yeah, it would have been so much fun just, to have yeah, this just com- kind of have that it. conversation, like the sort of environmentalist. All, all animals are good, and we should love and protect them. And what if? And somebody had to be like, dinosaurs though. What if we are we talking about letting T Rexes out because all because you like bald eagles? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we we they they put all the dinosaurs back. They go back. We get the the scene that we get at the end of every Road Rovers episode, which is the debrief back on the space station with their with their master, and he says, "You've done good it dog. again, Road Rovers. You're good, good dogs. You may each have a treat." <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and that's maybe the funniest part of their premise. And maybe this is as yes. far as they got when pitching it. Right. Absolutely. Um, at, is the that end, at the end, they, somebody tells Superman, good dog. And he gets a treat. <laughs> oh, this is good. Treat. This is ah, good. Yeah, that's fun. Print it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Fucking oh, dumb. It's... Yeah. What a miss. What a miss. <laughs> dog you later, Road Rovers. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go wrap up. Let's let the dogs go. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm just Ooh. I'm ready to sleep like a dog. Ooh. I'm gonna I'm gonna curl up and, and fan have, me. Yeah, I'm gonna fan I'm wagging my tail and fan. panting. And uh okay, so this is our first couple episodes here, right, mm-hmm. from our dog mm-hmm. arc. Um we had criteria for our cats. I believe, didn't we? Probably. You know, probably I didn't. We had criteria as as whether they held up to the premise of being cat shows. Mm-hmm. Yes, I I think we have to say I think the best that we can do, being not really prepared for for grading criteria, I think we got to look at each of our shows and just say good dog or bad dog. Oh, see, I was thinking we'd nominate individual dogs from these shows to maybe be the best in show for the week. Well, I think that's good, too. I think whoever's the good dog. I don't think it matters now only because there is no competition. 
<laughs> right? Like, well, no. you think Dogtanion beats out Blitz the butt boy? Oh, yes, if we get to do any easily. one dog. Oh, oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, we nominate that's individual dogs for yeah. best show. I love it. I love it. I think Dogtanion's a good dog. Dogtanion is a good dog. He is Cam I think, Clark. I think objectively the best dog uh, on strictly how good a dog they are has got to be Exile, though. Yeah, he's a I good beam. dog. <laughs> I mean, he'd do well at the uh, the Westminster, you know? <laughs> yeah, he's like agreeable. He's fun. He learns new things. He's open to his name new literature. Exile. His name's Exile. He's like... And he can shoot ice from his eyes. He can shoot ice from his eyes, and he's a very good boy, and he's very fun. I do now, like him. Some other nominations, Francois, the salty prairie bitch who sends, <laughs> yeah. his, who sends in formal letters to his enemies. <laughs> Very funny. Very good dog. It's uh, uh, a good course, trick. Booty dog, booty dog Blitz, the guy who likes, the guy who does it in the rear and likes to eat what comes out. <laughs> <laughs> and his frosting's getting licked as we speak. <laughs> That's a bad dog. He's a bad dog. He's a dirty dog. I'm gonna He's get the a... get the spritzer. <laughs> he needs a bath. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what other dogs? I mean, there's the dad in 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 Dog Tanyon who's uh, I feel like oh, he's a he's... sort of. I don't know. He's, he's, he's our dad too. I don't know that I can grade my own dad dog. Yeah, my cool dad dog. He he grades us on how good okay. people we are. Yeah. Also, Boy, he I is a he... little sexist. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I honestly like there's no one else on Road Rovers that I feel like I could nominate for being a good or or even a bad. dog. I mean, they're all the rest of them are all bad dogs. Mm, I'll, I'll say oh. Shag is a little sweetie. He's I think a Shag sweetie. is a sweetheart. But he didn't get much time to show. No, the, he was no. And, and his and the jokes were all the one note he has and they never went he anywhere. He hides with it. and he whimpers. He, yes. Yeah. Mm hmm. Well, should we just we just see if there's uh, a if there's a agreement or at least a democratic agreement for uh, for Dogtanian for I think Dogtanian is think the Dog is the best, but we have right. to we have to I put like if, if there's a honorable if there's a losers bracket. I think the honorable mention goes to goes to exile personally. Oh, I was going to do one from each. Rivers. Oh, one from each. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. We sure, can sure. We can yeah, send yeah. We can send them all to the to the to the Westminster <laughs> at the end. Yeah. Yeah, no, Dogtanian, absolutely, and then I think Exile is the one that we send yes. to Best in Show to, to the to the final to the to Westminster, as you say. Yes. Uh, now, uh, I don't know. Do we have any parting thoughts on these on these dog shows? I do. Uh, yes. Go so ahead. I have a I have a fact that I was unaware of. Maybe Austin, this is old hat to you, but I was completely unaware of what happened in 2020 on Teen Titans Go. They ate. A, they so, found a Road Rover. They. They fought the Road Rovers. So I don't know how big their cameo is, but the Road Rovers make a cameo in Teen Titans Go in the sixth season episode called Hugbees. Is this a oh, DC yeah, property or did like it's all Warner I mean, Brothers? So it's all... Warner. Yeah. Oh, Teen so, Titans. Okay, sure. Yeah. So there is an episode of Teen Titans Go that is like partially written by what's his fuck? Tom Paul, Rugg. Paul, Paul Rugg. Tom Ruger. Paul, Paul Rugg. Rugg. Yeah. Yeah. Paul Rugg, voice of Freakazoid, that has yeah. Freakazoid's first appearance since his show in it. It's called Hugbees, which is a Freakazoid joke. Ed Asner yeah. performs his final Cosgrove moments in this show before he died. And apparently also in this same episode, it has the Road Rovers. I did so, not know the Road Rovers. Wild. That is I kind of want to go watch that now. 
I'm fascinated. I hate Teen Titans Go with a passion, but Freakazoid might might be worth at least a a, a hate yeah. watch. Um, yeah. But I think it's probably the only time anyone's remembered Road Rovers. So, Agreed. So I guess I would I would I would parting thoughts with uh, with Dogtania and the Muskehounds. Um, while I would probably not suggest it to adults because there's a book you can read that's good, <laughs> but then there's a special flavor of adult, the Austins if, of the world. If your if your kid's too dumb for books, it's a <laughs> it's not a bad pick. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> oh, that's delicious. <laughs> I love that. And yeah, it's it probably is good. I can't speak to how closely it's it it stays to the book after that. I'd like to nominate Too Dumb for Books as a decent <laughs> episode title. <laughs> Although there's no possible way we've got letters left. Yeah. After after the Dog Days <laughs> of Summer part one. Dogtanian and the Muskehounds and the Road Rovers. Colon. Yeah. Too dumb for books. <laughs> <laughs> Too dumb for oh. furious. <laughs> oh my friends. Oh, this is this is the dogs have been let out. The dogs are barking. The they dogs are. are barking. Lordy lordy. Uh I think <laughs> we're just gonna have and to see you. And they've chased that meat on away. On next Tuesday. <laughs>